I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Is hair a material? Are biscuits a material? Are crystals a material? Is plastic a material? Is porridge a material? Can gases be a material? Are eggs a material? Is water a material? What do you call everything that isn't a material? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh at you, guys. And yet you continue to do so. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to Handmade, the making podcast with real talk about materials. I'm your host, Anna Pajajski, and this episode I talk to entrepreneur Megna Jiridar about her work promoting handmade artisans from around the world via her online platform called Let's Curate. Megna is based in New York City, and our conversation actually got slightly delayed in February due to sort of heavy snow-related Wi-Fi issues. Um, In fact, the signal was actually quite patchy at times in this conversation too, so sorry in advance for any sort of sticky Zoom audio that you might hear on this recording. But I still think you're really going to enjoy hearing about Begna's philosophy on the importance of handmaking and supporting artisans around the world. So I started by asking her how Let's Curate first came about. Um... Let's begin from the beginning, I guess. It depends on how much time you have, but (laughs) I'll keep it short. So I was born and brought up in Mumbai, India, and I've been in New York City for the past 14 years. Um, You know, my academic background is pretty much what you would see with a lot of people. I've done my MBA in finance and international marketing from universities in India and the U.S. And in my pre-Let's Curate life, I worked with venture capital funds, nonprofits, academic institutions. Um, but my life now is a complete departure from that whole arena. Nice. So currently, I'm founder of Let's Curate. Um, to give you a one-line description, it's a curator platform that empowers and celebrates independent artisans from all corners of the world. Um, we kick-started with 10 artisans from 10 countries, and we've expanded to represent 34 from 23 countries as of now. Um, The common thread is these artisans are focused on custom handcrafted products. And it's it's more about them telling their stories through their works. Um, This is more about, um, you know, spending time on the process versus churning out stuff. So, that's the common thread. Uh, we are very, very careful and picky about the people that we showcase. And I've been very fortunate to actually have had a very easy journey recruiting and kind of getting the network going. Um, these are people who um, 
create products in the fields of art, home decor, fashion, um, you name it, we have it. Um, so this, the, the platform emerged, I would say, during the course of my travels. I'm an avid traveler and since the very beginning, um, the more I traveled, the more I came in contact with people who were involved in handcrafted work. Um, and the interesting thing was either the work was, it was all handcrafted, but it was either steeped in traditional skills that had been passed on from generation to generation, or even more interesting was the fact that the younger people were creating their own contemporary um, spins in that. But there were two things that I realized. The more I traveled, the more I realized there, was, there were two things. So one was the artists themselves didn't realize how unique their stuff was, primarily because no one had seen them. No one had told them how amazing their work was. Um, so they had no clue. You're making stuff because your grandfather made something and he's just passed on those skills for you. Um, you have no idea that it's actually something out of the ordinary. Mm. Um, and this happened multiple times. Uh, you know, I one during one of my travels in Colombia, um, there is a neighborhood which was in the past known for had a very violent background, and now um, it houses many graffiti artists. And I came across one art gallery which had absolutely stunning paintings by a little child who lived in that neighborhood. Um, and I spoke to the parents and I said, you know, do you, you know, coming from New York City, I always feel like oh, you know, why is this person not, you know, why is he not on the world arena? I, I don't think <laughs> everyone thinks that way. But in my mind, I was like, this needs to be celebrated. Um, and they said, what do you mean? We don't even know what you're talking about. It's just something he does to kill time. Mm. And that to me was, it was innocent, but it was also kind of heartbreaking in a way because I felt like this, you know, this child one day, we just grow up and we lose interest because no one has actually taken the time to encourage him, develop the technique that he has learned, which is very special to that particular neighborhood. Um, similar sto stories from India, from Europe, as and as when I travel. Now, the other thing was, because no one told them, they didn't think it was worth investing any time, mm. nor did they think it was worth making all this accessible to a broader audience. Um, and there are people who are very discerning lovers of special products. But, you know, there was there was a complete disconnect between the two. Mm. For, the, for many years, I kept looking for other platforms or other organizations that maybe bridge the gap. And yes, there are so many amazing organizations and nonprofits that, you know, help village artisans or focus on a certain tribe. They um, try to promote, you know, someone from a particular part of the country. But it was, and it's great because I think those need to be unified and there has to be, there has to be one platform that brings them all together because I think they're all working in isolation mm. towards the same goal. I looked and I looked, could not find it. Um, I mulled over it. And when I say mulled over it, I thought over it for 10 years. <laughs> now. And then after 10 years, I said, you know what? It's enough mulling. If I don't do it now, it's never going to happen. Um, let me just kickstart. It was baby steps. Um, and that's when I decided to launch it. It uh, was, so Let's Curate launched in June 2019. Um, it's, been a, it's been a year and a half. Um, I'm still here. We're still here. And um, I'm so excited about the adventure so far. So how do you go about finding your craftspeople and artisans to feature? 
So um, interestingly, that's why I think it was such a long process before I actually launched it. Mm. As I traveled, I would I would literally just collect cards or collect contact information from the people that whose work I like. Mm. And I bought and I put it all over my house and people would come over and they would say, oh, where did you get this from? And I would be like, you know what? Unfortunately, it's in a little town in Morocco, and I'm, I don't think I'm, you know, I'm going to be able to go back there. Yeah. So I felt like, oh my god, I missed out an opportunity to kind of just show people the person who made this. Mm. Um. So literally, it kickstarted with me collecting a bunch of cards or contact information. I kept in touch with them. Um. I bought stuff from them just to see whether they were consistent, of course. Um. Because you know, I was all already thinking in terms of making it a business, but I didn't know how. Mm. Um, so the first 10 people, I think I kept in touch with them for six or seven years. Um, and I realized big, they kept developing their style, but there was one, you know, one thing that they stood for. So when it was time, I went to them and I said, you know, I want to do this. Um, do you think you would be interested? And you won't believe this, Anna, all 10 of them said yes. And it was, I, in my mind, I had all kinds of scenarios on how I would like pitch it, what I would say, yeah. how, would, how I would convince them, uh, you know, and it was a five minute conversation almost with all of them. Um, that's the thing which I, you know, found it, I found it to be so thrilling that people were, are so open, talented people and creators, they just want appreciation, they want some encouragement and that's all they need to keep going. Mm. So the first 10 was the network of the first 10 people. That's how it came to be. Um, and then what happened was when we launched, we slowly, there were tricklings of requests from other artisans who had seen us. Um, you know, people who, you know, maybe, and it, it, it sounds ridiculous. They, you know, they would come to me and they said, you know, we only have 12 followers on Instagram, but we do this thing and we learn this from, and you know, this is the this is the kind of you know we're going to talk about myths later, but this is the kind of myths social media also propagates. Mm. If you don't have a million followers, right. you're nowhere. You know, you do, how dare you come and ask you ask for representation? Yeah. And it, I, you know, I'm not a social media person. Of course, we have, um, you know, an Instagram handle for Let's Curate, but I don't think that kind of depicts the the reality of what's out there. Everything is not in social media, and I would say that's really not important. Let's just talk about what you want to do. Mm. Uh, there were people who also refreshingly said, oh, you know what? Now I understand what your brand is. I'm not ready right now, but let, you know, let me just mm. see where I go with this. There were students who were studying and they said, oh, you know what? Maybe let me take a little time and I'll come back to you. Nice. So it's, it's kind of developed as a collaborative space. And I've kept in touch with everyone who approached me because who knows, who knows what they will be capable of in the next few years. And that's how the, you know, the network has expanded. Mm. We initially began just by showing an entire collection from, it was based, you know, because it was a travel based idea. It's kind of um, divided based on continent. Mm -hmm. So there's Europe, there's Asia, there's New Zealand, Australia, all of those things, Africa. Um, and then slowly it expanded to, other aspects of the platform where we would do, we have something called Art of Spotlight, where we only feature emerging painters, um, textile designers, not product related as such, but more in terms of, of art and paintings, yeah. the paintings and stuff like that. So we did Art of Spotlight. Um, every time we launch something new, and now I feel like a little more confident, um, I would go to people and I would just say, this is the concept, um, but just know 
that this is not the only thing that this platform does. That is the other thing I wanted to do. It's yes, we do sell the products. Yes, it's a shop. It's not a nonprofit. We are, you know, this is aimed at generating revenues and profits. But this is also, you know, there are other aspects with through which we can showcase you. So, you know, you work with one person, they like what you do, then you work with them on something else mm. and it keeps growing. So it's not like you sell me the product and then I sell it and then, you know, that's the end of the relationship. It's more of a growing space um, because I think that's how talented people think. Mm. It's not, oh, let me make a painting of, you know, a monkey and that's it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's technique, it's process. Um, so essentially that's how it has grown so far. Uh, we've come a long way in the past year and a half because we were also struck by the pandemic like many others mm -hmm. and artisans have had a tough time. Um, it forced me to think of other ways to keep this going. Um, initially, it was an online platform. Then people said, you know what, I'm in Morocco, but I would love my products to be seen in New York City. How do I do that? So we would take the products and go to pop-up fairs okay. and, uh, you know, artisan fairs. And New York has tons and tons of those. It's such a fantastic city for mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Um, then the pandemic hit. So then yeah. I had to think of something else. Um, you know, so things like that. So we've kind of innovated as, as things have been thrown at us. Um, but it's interesting because had had it not been for the pandemic, I don't think I would have thought of all the all the new things that I, you know, the new initiatives that I launched in 2020. Mm. It was all thanks to that, you know, so it's all not all been all negative. So instead of doing physical fairs, we did something called um, ready to ship because we had all this inventory and we wanted to show people. Um, so regular collection, uh, just to uh, give a brief distinction. So regular collection is where you come to me as a, and you say, I want this necklace. And then I say, okay. And it's, it's a process because then I say, what color, what materials, this mm. is what I like to do. What do you want to show? You know, is it something, is it a statement piece? Is it what you're going to wear every day? And then the process begins. So it's a more deliberate process. Ready to ship is you see what you on the platform and then if you like it it's shipped from a new york office to you in a day or two mm -hmm. so there's it's it's already handcrafted and customized but it cannot be customized further that's the only difference um artist spotlight of course if you are interested in a painting you reach out to us and then we you know kind of handle the whole process so things like this just came up because of the pandemic mm -hmm. um and um Yes, it's it's interesting how maybe I would not have yeah. had to challenge my brains to to kind of work on these things if it was not for this crisis. Definitely, yeah, lots of new opportunities opening up, even though certain other doors have been closed. Um, I'm interested to hear how you choose the artisans that you want to work with. You know, what is it you're looking for specifically from them? Is it a certain type of story? Is it a certain, you know, product range? How do you go about curating your your range? Um, it's not about the product. It's more about what is the background behind a product line? Mm. What made you do this? Is it is it because your grandmother taught you how to knit this and, you know, you it's something special? And, of course, it has to be something special, um 
Is it, you know, I didn't know, uh, we have an artisan from Ukraine and she makes wire wrap jewelry. She just uses wires and she makes these exquisite, elaborate jewelry pieces. And it was something that her grandmother taught her, mm. um, you know, something like that. But, and you see it and you know it's special, not because you've never seen wire wrap jewelry otherwise, but it's just the, the special technique that she uses. We have an artisan from Moldova um, who uses something called Romanian lace technique again, to make, you know, these super lightweight, very sculptural pieces. Mm. Um, so those are the kinds of things I'm interested in. I'm not interested in showing pieces that I would see on Amazon. Mm. Yeah. Just to be very, you know, just to be very clear. It has to be special in a way that it has, there is some legacy to it. And by that, I don't mean it has to be, strictly traditional it has to follow mm. all the techniques of classical painting or artwork um it can be a contemporary spin on things but when you see it you know that it's something that has you know kind of trickled down from many many generations and now you've done your own special twist to the whole thing um so what has happened is i think it was crucial that the first 10 people that we launched with would kind of represent the kind of work we want to showcase mm. um that set the stage because quickly we realized that the requests that we were getting were from non-traditional makers. Mm. So it was half the battle was won when we launched because it kind of said, this is who we are. If you follow the same kind of thinking or philosophy, get in touch with us because we want to hear from you. What happened was later as, you know, now I think it's a little more, um, for lack of a better word, sophisticated because, um, we have requests from all kinds of people. We have requests from sculptors and painters. Um, you know, it's easy to, I would say, because we have a shop, it's easy to show you a pair of earrings and then talk about what's special about it. But something like a sculpture is, you know, it's a different kind of audience. It's not, It's not. I don't buy, you know, like a beautiful, you know, like wall-to-wall painting on a day-to-day basis. Mm. I would do that maybe once in a lifetime. So as time has passed and we got requests from those kinds of people too who are, who are making unusual things which you don't need on a day-to-day life, in your day-to-day life. Yeah. So that kind of gave birth to Artist Spotlight because I don't want to turn away anyone who has that kind of passion and you know who has that belief that it's not it's okay to be slow. Mm. It's okay to spend the time. It's okay to, you know, as I feel as if I I don't make any of these things. I'm just, but because I'm in close contact with these people and talk to them almost every day, I realize how difficult it is to not go down the path of mass producing something. Mm. You know, I feel it's, it's a constant battle for them to say, oh, this pair of jewelry is selling pretty well. So let me just do this for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there has to be appreciation and encouragement for people who say that was great, but now I want to kind of creatively also explore this. Um, If they don't get that, you know, I think it's frustrating for everyone. It's frustrating for them um, because then they keep doing the same thing over and over again. And maybe someday, you know, that will die. People may not be interested in that anymore, Mm -hmm. but Unfortunately, they never got the time or the space to do the other thing that they wanted. Um, so the platform in that sense is, is my 
not plea, it's my um, statement as in to say, if you are doing something and interesting, come to me and we'll figure out a way to showcase you. Mm. It could be through the shop. It could be through a spotlight. Uh, we do something called limited edition because we, um, in 2020, um, there was a very real problem. So people were um, didn't have access to enough materials. They didn't have access to mm. all the stuff that they need to do, you know, to paint or to create or to knit yeah. and things like that. So we, I had a bunch of people coincidentally like approaching us at the same time saying, you know what, I can just make one piece. Um, can we do something about that? And that's how limited edition oh, cool. was born. Nice. So limited edition has that one piece, you buy it, it's yours. And if she makes it, it's never going to be repeated again mm. in that sense. So, but it, it, it emerged because of that, you know, that crisis where people said, I really don't have, you know, I cannot make 10 pieces out of this. Yeah. Um, even if it's 10 different pieces, I just have this one thing because um, of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, so that kind of led to live. So I don't want to turn away anyone who has something to say mm. um, and who has something to say that's different from what's kind of out in the market, out in the mass produced institutionalized um I would say arena where yeah. I think artisans also, you know, I think there is also this other frustration where um, they kind of tend to get anonymous. There are lots of platforms where you say, you see it's handcrafted, it's custom, but who made it? Mm. I don't know who made it. I love it. And I think people would be interested in knowing the story behind that person. Um, they deserve to have their voice being, being heard. So mm. um, I think it's a it's a bunch of these things that have led to all these initiatives that have all coincidentally happened in 2020. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it, it just, yeah, the best laid plans are always, you know, they're always destroyed like it happened with us, Anna. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I just feel like maybe if you keep an open mind, something nice might come out. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. For sure. That's a great philosophy. <laughs> I'm really interested in um, kind of the importance of place because, you know, living somewhere, you're in New York, I'm in London. Yes. There are people from all around the world right on our doorstep. Why was mm-hmm. it important to you to access people who were physically all around the world um, rather than, you know, just people that were local to you who would have been, you know, having access to those types of cultures, but in where you are? Um, you know, I'm privileged in the sense that I have the resources and the means from, uh, you know, I think it goes back to my parents who encouraged traveling all the time. Mm. I, I don't remember a single break where I was home and, you know, nice. even if it was a local trip somewhere, um, And I think travel also reveals, um, like I said, cultures that you don't know of. Yes, we know, you know, we know, we read about it in books, right? You you prepare your itinerary and you say, I'm going to go to that restaurant. Nothing compares to actually going to the restaurant and eating the food. You know, you'll have like these menus with these elaborate descriptions and in your mind, you're like making up all this, you know, the imagery. But when you go and actually eat it, it's, you know, I don't think you can, you can, uh, you know, compare those two experiences. Mm. Um, So for me, the place was important because it's, you're bringing back a part of that with you and it's with you to enjoy and appreciate. Um, And I think it also, you know, life is, for most people, it's, yes, you have your job, you have your family. um, But I think that adds a little, that's why it's so personal. That's why I believe in the custom handcrafted thing, because that piece, it's at the end of a year or two years. Initially, maybe you might be like, oh, you know, I spent so-and-so for this. A lot of people think that way. And I think, yes, value is a big part of this. Mm. Um, But initially the process begins with, oh, you know, um, or if someone in a conversation, it would be, how much did you pay for that? Oh, I paid this much for it. But I found this other scarf, which was, you know, like $10 less, something Mm -hmm. like it always begins like that. But if you truly, you know, understand where it came from, which town it came from, who made it, as time goes by, you will appreciate the beauty and the magic behind it. Mm -hmm. And that's when, you know, it's, Um, So I think travel, the place is important because it is bringing a part of that world in your own personal arena and then enjoying it and appreciating it. That's why the stories behind the makers are important. Um, You know, for someone to say, oh, this was handcrafted in Europe. Where in Europe? Which part? Who did it? I mean, who is she? Who is he? Like, you know, that kind of thing. It does add, um, you know, and this is this is um, taking me down another line of thought, which is about this myth that, oh, you know, it's handcrafted. It, it you know, it's like specialized. You work with the maker one on one. It gives you this feeling of, oh, you know, you need to be super rich because you know you read Architectural Digest and you're like, oh my god, this was custom made, yeah. and this lamp was like, uh, you know, <laughs> it came out of this thought that I had with the car. And people are like, oh my goodness, like I really need to be at that level mm. to have access to this, but it's not true. I think people who create would happily create something 
um, yes, the money is important, but it's just to keep them going. And it's just for giving them the space to keep creating. Um, I don't think it's right to assume that everything has to be only for a certain segment of the audience. Everyone deserves to appreciate this. Um, and so I also wanted to, you know, I found scarves from Morocco, which were very, very cheap, but the work behind that, and I'm shocked because I would go back to that person and say, are you sure it's, yeah. it's so cheap because yeah. you've put in so much work. And again, they had no inkling of how amazing that work was and how, you know, it stood apart from all the other stuff that you see mm. in, even in a city like New York, because, you know, even in New York, there's a certain cities are branded in a certain way, mm. you know, and it's good to, you know, when you get something from somewhere else, it breaks that mold. So, you know, it's also, I want the platform to break the mold, to break the myth that, oh, you know, this, I don't deserve this because, you know, why would someone want to make this for me? Why would someone mm. put in so much effort and time? If Is it going to take three weeks for him? Then, you know, am I worth it? Yes, everyone is worth it. And that's the only way creativity can be encouraged. Um, and it will be a win-win for both. Mm. Because when it's accessible to everyone, it gives more form to a creator's mind space. It gives the customer what they want. And it's all the more special because it's actually been worked on together by the creator and the buyer. Mm. Um, so in that sense, yes, I, I think um, another big, big objective of the, of the platform is to say, you know, this is for you if you want it. Mm. Just take the first step, connect with the person and maybe you will make magic together, you know? Yeah. Definitely. And it's not just for, you know, very wealthy art collectors as well, right? Absolutely. It's affordable for everyone. Absolutely. And, you know, there is something for everyone. That's mm. the message. It's not about, you know, alienating that audience and saying, oh, you know what, this is us and you are you. And, you know, let's, it's, a, it's two different worlds. The world is a small place. We can all coexist. We can all enjoy beauty and art mm. in various price points. It doesn't have to be ten thousand dollars it can be a ten dollar thing where but it's made with heart it's made with passion so why go down this route of fast fast fashion where it's like you know five thousand pieces of the same t-shirt yeah. and instead of, you know like enjoy the one t-shirt where someone has done beautiful illustration mm. um, which means something to you Definitely. You've already half answered this question, I think, but um, I'm going to pose it again. Um, because so what I actually just wrote it down while you were talking, because obviously, one of the incentives that you've talked about is to be able to kind of fund the work of these artists and kind of mm -hmm. give them kind of financial means to carry on. Um, right. But what else is in it for the artists apart from finances? It's exposure. It is the it is the money part for sure, because um, there are a lot of pieces, especially custom paintings. What we do is we talk about, you know, a lot of the artisans, the other thing we do is we we have an artisan from Iran who has this beautiful custom painting. It's huge. So we never, you know, there are some pieces that we keep in the office and, you know, the artisan is paid. And then, of course, the whole, you know, the the, the process is, you know, we pay them, they send it to us, mm -hmm. we sell it, we promote them, all of those things. But there are certain special pieces which we cannot, you know, we would not feel right about just keeping it in the inventory. I feel like everyone, so there are lots of pieces that, in, that are in the artisan studios. Mm -hmm. So we don't buy it from them outright, okay. but we give them the all the avenues of promotion. So yeah. whether it's, 
we do webcasts, we do podcasts with them. Um, you know, we talk about the process. You know, with one of our Australian artisans, we did um, a video where she took us around her studio and she showed the piece that she had made specifically for us. Cool. So it's also um, it's not an it's not an economic investment for the artisan in the sense that they don't have to worry about shipping when it is such a large piece yeah um so we do kind of uh, we're very very mindful of how much money they're spending um on getting it to us if it is something simple like a jewelry collection and if they are open to it we have you know our next limited edition showcases from japan um and she wanted to send the piece to us she just you know thought it would be she chose that route Mm. But we kind of keep it open to everyone where if you want to keep, if it's a piece that cannot be easily shipped, where it's a lot of monetary investment to send it to us, yeah. you keep it with you. Mm. We will promote you. We will provide the platform. And then, you know, it's an understanding. Um, yeah. I work on the, you know, I work on trust. I work on faith. Um, I'm trying to do a good thing. And I, you know, if people want to cheat, they'll find a million ways to cheat. So. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> I don't have the bandwidth to kind of think through that. And I don't want to, I don't want to go down that yeah. path. I always try to keep it. This this has emerged out of a very positive space mm. in my mind. And um, I'm lucky that I've had the opportunity because I feel like a lot of the times the, the energy between these makers and me, it, we connect on a different level. A language might be a barrier, you know, um, we may not speak the same way. We may not, you know, even the way sometimes they explain techniques. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not educated in painting mm. or, but there is, you know, that common, I think the common bonding is um, them getting what the brand is about. Yeah. And me saying that I'm here for you. This is what I can do for you. Let's work on it together. This is not about A, B, C, or D. It's never like that. It's very fluid. It's more about, what are the different ways um, where I can show your work and I can also kind of, you know, in the end, make it a successful business. Mm. So you've been running this business now for nearly two years, I guess, um, but obviously yes, much more. Yes, two in June, June 2021. Oh, nice. But yes. yeah, much more planning before that time. Um, yes. During that time, what's been sort of the most surprising thing that you've learned? You know, to go, um, I might sound repetitive, but I, I feel the most surprising thing is how open people are to this. Mm. Um, I thought it would be an uphill task to explain the concept. Yeah. Because like I said, it's not an e-com- it is an e-commerce platform, but yeah. it's not just a store. Um, this is, it, and it can go in multiple directions. That's the other thing. When I launched it, it was, hey, you make these five beautiful you know, uh, paintings, let's showcase that. Then it moved on to limited edition because of the pandemic. And they said, you know what, I can just make two pieces. Mm. I said, great, let's do limited edition. So things like it can go in multiple directions. And I feel like if people don't get that, it's very difficult. Yeah. Because if you're stuck that, oh, it's not a shop, then what do you do? Um, I just want to be associated with the shop. Great. But that's not, that's not my brand. Mm. Um, but it has been, I would say, quite easy and I think as time goes by because we build on that and we have fine-tuned the messaging more and more um hopefully it's clear enough um and we get those kinds of people who who kind of are on the same page but I thought initially the problem would be me explaining that yes I'm going to showcase you yes I'm going to show your pieces 
but guess you know what i might actually take your pieces to a pop up fair and then i might do a radio show and i'll talk about the technique behind that mm. and let's do a video where we show you working in the studio it could be confusing for people mm. it surprisingly was not um um i think they got what i was trying to do yeah oh that's awesome and what are your future plans i don't know pandemic committing i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> I, i think i've stopped making plans after yeah, well, 2020 <laughs> fair enough but so what what are your hopes for it what would you where would you like to see it go you know i would uh, the one thing i think uh, would be um in my eyes i think it would be uh, what's the word i think i would uh, bring down the i think the bad thing for the brand would be if i became an institutionalized platform so okay. i think that is the one thing i don't want i will don't sell out uh, uh, yeah exactly <laughs> i hope not to you know that is my one hope yeah the other hope of course is to attract talent from all over you know it's been an educative process for me too because i have learned so much about not just the way people make it but the way creators think mm. um the way um some people just you know while i'm talking about something they you know they catch one word and they make something fantastic and i think that there is such a special quality you know people who make you know when you make things it's just people those people deserve to be celebrated so i just hope that it just gets to be a more collaborative as time goes by let, let me say that i mean i'm sure there are things i haven't thought of which could benefit them and the you know and let's curate simultaneously but i just hope that as time goes by um and i hope it doesn't take a pandemic to <laughs> for me to get inspired yeah. but um you know just just to kind of find other ways to showcase this hidden talent that is all across and mm. is just waiting to be discovered So if you could give one message to the listeners about why they should support the work of artisans what would it be I would say um you know artisans independent artisans um their primary focus is taking time I would say those are the two most crucial words for this entire you know behind this entire brand mm. they take time with the process and because of that you know all these other buzzwords that are being spoken sustainability organic that just comes naturally mm. when you have time to think you will automatically think of these things because yeah. you know when you're in a rush to do things and that's when you try to do shortcuts so yeah. i would say independent artisans are people who take the time to perfect their craft they do it with love despite all the challenges and despite this constant battle to maybe this is not the right path maybe 10 years down the line i may not have sold anything mm. i may not have found anyone who likes my work but they still they go on they care about they care more about the craftsmanship rather than and i would i know this for a fact more than like 8 out of 10 people would care more about the craftsmanship and how they present the stuff um rather than oh you know let let me if let my budget is 500 dollars let i i very yeah. few people think like that when they're actually true creators um so these are people who care about craftsmanship they do things on a small scale they do it with heart i really think we've seen the world of mass produced platforms we've seen that we've experienced it it's great for a lot of people but i know that there is another big 
group of people who may not completely be in line with this and i want them to discover these artisans give them a chance um we you know they'll surprise us that mm. is that is the bottom line they'll surprise us if we give them um the time to do what they really want to do I think that's such a nice message for us to end on. Um, so if people have been interested to hear from you and, and about Let's Curate, what are your links on social media and, and online where people can go and have a look? Yes, so um, the best way would be either to reach us via email, which is letscurateinfo at gmail.com. Uh, is obviously uh, Instagram, which is let's underscore curate. Um, either way, we are always you know we are always we never we respond to every email and every message so please do reach out to us um you know even if we may not work together now um i will find a way to make to work with you at some point so please do reach out to us <laughs> fantastic well thank you so much for speaking to me today it's been a real joy to hear kind of your passion around handmaking um and that's exactly what i'm trying to promote on the podcast as well so this has been a good kind of meeting of the minds today um, and i really appreciate your time talking to me Thank you so much, Anna. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for like just giving you my whole, you know, my whole, I felt like I, this was the first time I could like speak about this after a very long time, but it's very, very dear to my heart. Um, and um, I, we need people like you to just, you know, kind of also be the bearer of these kinds of, you know, this kind of news where it's mm -hmm. about handmade is important. And um, it's because of you that, you know, we also get to reach a wider audience. So thank you so much for that. So that was the awesome Meghna Jiridar talking about her platform called Let's Curate. She's generously offered a discount code to all handmade listeners on Let's Curate. Um, you can get 10% off any purchase on Let's Curate until the 31st of March 2021. If you enter the code LC10, that's L for leather, C for craft, one zero, um, at checkout. So yeah have a look at all the amazing stuff from around the world that is on there that's everything for this week as always it'd be awesome if you could like and subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss out on any future episodes if you feel like supporting the podcast with a one-time donation you can do so at supporter.acast.com forward slash handmade thanks a huge amount to everyone who's already done so for helping to keep us going there say hi on social media we're on twitter at real talk that's r-i-a-l talk and on instagram at handmade pod huge thanks as always to dave shepherd for our cover art and to alex lathbridge for the music mix next week i'm going to be talking to michael white about the materials tools and processes used in precision engineering so until then take very good care and i'll speak to you next time on handmade Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.